You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show podcast, Sin's place for all things sex, health, relationships, and identity. So, so, so scandalous. You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show on Sin 90.7 FM. My name's Felicity. I'm Elsie. And I am Michael filling in for John this week. Um, so as always, we are going to introduce ourselves to you. So um, as said before, I am Elsie. I am 23 years old. I identify as female and I am currently in a long-term relationship. I am Felicity Tang. You can call me Flick. Uh, I am 21, female, and I am bi. And... Well, I'm in a long-term relationship as well. Yes. And I am Michael Serpel. You can refer to me as Serpers or Mike or Mikey. It depends. <laughs> Just don't call me late for dinner. I am t- turning 20, actually, on Saturday. So uh, it'll be my birthday this week. Thank you very much. So um, all of those teenage years are going to be gone very quickly. Oh, no. Goodbye, teen years. I am male. I am currently single, but I am seeing a very, very beautiful girl at the moment. Um, went on a couple of good tennis dates um, during the Australian Open, so all I mean, we need on. to ask Tennis. you all those questions later. Yes, I think, I think you might have to. I, I would like to say it was a slam, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> to use some tennis terms there. Um, but, yeah, that's me. Fantastic. Okay, so what we've got coming up on the show tonight is we have some Tumblr questions from you guys. They are absolutely pouring in at the moment. Um, We have some Valentine's Day topics, which is brilliant as we have Valentine's Day coming up. Um, So we're going to be talking about whether you guys love it or hate it, Mm. rate it or nay. Um, And obviously the best ways to spend it if you are that way inclined, but you'll find out what we think about that in a few moments to come. Um, So keep pouring in those Tumblr questions, guys. The Tumblr URL for that is the thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.ask. Uh, sorry, .com slash ask. And just by the way, you do not need an account to ask us some questions. So keep them rolling in for us. Um, we will try to answer as many as possible as the night goes on. Um, so is there anything more that you'd like to address? Well, um, as I mentioned before, and um, as Flick was saying, she might question me a little bit more yeah, about yeah, my tennis dates. That. But uh, if, if any of you want to ask or actually give me any advice about how to go on a tennis date, if any of you have been on a tennis date... Do if you any play of you tennis can, or you just... I do play tennis. tennis. Um, I didn't jump on the court and um, try out my skills on the court, but I, uh, <laughs> I, I, was, a, I was an innocent bystander and um, very good day. Just make sure you bring sunscreen. Yeah, um, yeah, it does I learned very, the very, very hard, hard way. doesn't it? It certainly does. So uh, <laughs> any questions for those, definitely... Um, throw them our way. We are going to jump straight into some Tumblr questions. Uh, The first one up is, one of my friends has come out of a two-year-long serious relationship as of two months ago. This one's actually really long. Um, They want to be friends with benefits with me because before they got with their ex-partner, we had chemistry. I still find them attractive and would go there, but I worry that they will get attached. And when I point this out, they will feel like I've used them for sex and it still goes on. Should I go there or should I wait till I know they don't, they won't worry about being lonely? 
thoughts? Well, uh, two years is a long time to be in a relationship. That is a very long time, yes. I'm a bit intrigued to wonder whether the person kind of still remained friends with this other person while the two-year relationship was happening, whether there was any chemistry, but probably not as much chemistry during the time no. where they were with their partner, obviously. No, you would um, But whether not. they did remain in talking terms or whether they were, you know, in contact with each other. Um, but chemistry before, hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. interesting. Sometimes chemistry can be rekindled when something like this does happen. Yeah, of course. I would obviously always be conscious of mm. being the rebound. Um, if it's not something that you're you're wanting to, I guess, cash in on <laughs> and always being conscious of um, that person's feelings and their wants and needs as well, which sounds like, I mean, it does sound like you're, you're very aware of that, which is great. And mm. always be, um, yeah, be conscious that you... Um, they're, your, they're your friend, right? Um, so yeah. you, you want to take care of them pretty much. Um, but it sounds like that possibly they do want to get into that area with them as well. What do you think? It, it does certainly sound that way. It sounds like um, that they are pretty open to it. Um, you know, obviously coming off a two-year long, serious relationship, uh, there's probably some time there that you want to spend by yourself, uh, but also as well, you probably would miss those kind of those closer attractions and things like that, or maybe just um, you know not having those same kind of ties. You know, something a little bit more flexible, yeah. something a little bit more open, um, something where they can kind of have some breathing space and just kind of enjoy themselves a little bit more. Um, just as long as the other party kind of feels the same way about that and they kind of understand the way they're feeling about it, um, that those kind of things need to be established early because you don't want it to get messy. Great advice there. So jumping on to the next one, um, at what point can you tell if you're addicted to porn? And are there any benefits to watching porn or is it all bad news? Hmm. Well, well. Addicted, okay, so the way that I think about addiction Hmm. is if it is detrimental to your life, if it gets to the point um, where it's detrimental to your mic, uh, your mic, your life, um, then you know that you may have a problem. That's the way that I think about it anyway. I think that's a very good definition to it. Um, I think addicted as well is something that's always constantly at the forefront of your mind, something that you're constantly thinking about. Mm. Um, I know a lot of people, um, I don't know a lot of people, but I do know some people that are addicted to it or have been addicted to it before. Mm-hmm. And the kind of the way that they say is it kind of, the, the the whole the whole kind of the the, the need to kind of um, you know kind of just watch it continually watch it and, um, and and just continue to do it on you know we we might be talking like a, maybe a ten or a fifteen minute interval after watching a video yeah and and that's not a, that's not a long time but for people who are addicted to it um, the urge comes back a lot quicker, quicker and so and they're quicker. watching it a yep. lot a lot and a lot so. I think I think the best way maybe to do this if you are addicted to it is just try and find some hobbies. Just try and keep your mind occupied on something different. Um, because if you if you don't, if you're a little bit, if you kind of go to a state of boredom, you might start thinking about it a lot more. Particularly if you're alone as well, um, that could possibly creep in as well. Yeah, of course. And um, with any addiction as well, it's always great to seek help if you do need it. Um, and there's always people out there. If um, you want to, you can always call Lifeline on 13 11 14 um, and someone will be able to lend you a hand and give you some advice there. You're listening to the Naughty Root Show on Scene 90.7 FM. Now I'm back to the question about 
pornography. Elsie, would you like to... Yeah, so the second half of that question was, and are there any benefits to watching porn or is it all just bad news? Um, Of course, it's not all bad news. Um, Porn is a great way to, I guess, expand your horizons of what's out there, um, as well as finding out what you like, what you don't like, what turns you on, what maybe turns you off as well. (laughs) Um, And also, it can be quite informative not always, of course. You don't, like, stuff that you see in porn is definitely not always um, reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be informative in a way of, I guess, expanding your your expertise in the bedroom and what you might like to try. I feel like ever since I discovered porn, it's pretty much broadened up my sexual... Um, not information, but, like, you know, just the variety of things you could do in a bedroom. Like, I never knew about BDSM until I watched porn. And, in fact, I love BDSM. The idea of it, not sure if I want to do it, though. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's always um, – I was listening to a show the other day that was talking about the idea that you can also live through porn if it's not something that you're actually willing to try in mm-hmm. real life. Um, it's a way of experiencing something um, in a safe way. Um, so something that maybe is too messy or – um, something that maybe is a bit too risky for you as well, but it's something that you'd still like to try in a in a different kind of way, which obviously you can watch on the internet. <laughs> That's absolutely right. And uh, we were just talking about before we went on air as well, um, there's actually a lot of videos on pornography websites that do actually educate you a lot about what to do in bed and, and some positions um, that you probably didn't even uh, know were, were reality. And um, so, so it's a good way, particularly with a couple of Karma Sutra videos where they actually do demonstrate a few of the ways of, of doing some moves mm-hmm. it kind of does teach you how to do particular things and, and it's good um, particularly you know if you if you have someone you really like and you want to try something with them um, you know you can both sit down together sometimes yeah. or you can educate yourself and you can kind of see which ways you can do things a little bit better so it's certainly definitely not all doom and gloom it's, it, it's certainly got a lot of benefits yeah for sure and as this is a Valentine's Day special it's um, might be something good to spice up your love try life try something a little this bit coming, different yeah this coming Valentine's Day. Um, so moving on to the next question now. You guys are just rolling them in at the moment. Brilliant questions. Um, so the next one is help. I'm a girl and I have a question about masturbation. Is there a way to do it? Is there anything that's weird about it? Is it safe? Felicity's just chucked her hands straight <laughs> up there. I Look, masturbation is very healthy. Anyone who tells you otherwise is just nah. <laughs> but there is, like, you know, you can't do... Here's the thing about masturbation. I have personal experience where, you know, my partner, he has gone from using masturbation as a release to a way to control his anxiety. Hmm. And with anxiety, that's a different, uh, a whole different thing because he was just controlling his work anxiety, his social anxiety, everything through masturbation. And it has sort of just changed his way of thinking. Like, for example, you know, he thinks that masturbating would be, like, a safe way out. Like, you know, okay, I'm not doing well with this job. I'm going to masturbate for an hour and come back to work. Actually, 
I personally think the way to tackle the situation is to actually confront the situation rather than to back off and do it. Yeah, and that I guess ties in as well what we were talking about before with addiction. Like if it's yeah. a way of escapism um, mm. from real life or if you're using it um, in that kind of detrimental way, then it's probably something that you should look at more closely. Absolutely. I find it, um, it it can also come down to the kind of uh, mood that you're in. It's dependent on the mood that you're in as well. You know, if you're a little bit stressed, you need to release some tension. Um, mm-hmm. You need to kind of clear your mind a little bit and you need to get focused on a task. Mm-hmm. It can actually be a really good way of, of releasing that kind of tension within yeah. you. And um, you come back and you're much more focused. And if you're not, um, you can go back to it again. And it is actually a very good method of doing it. All refreshed and sparkling. That's <laughs> absolutely right. <laughs> if it comes to like ways of doing doing it look (laughs) there's no right way there's no wrong way people like to use toys I personally like to use my own hands Um, figure it you know when I was younger and I had no money I used to use oh boy don't know if I want to say it on radio but I use a certain vegetable uh, with a condom on and you know lots of people can get creative you can get creative with that and you know by all means, try to look it up like, or try to figure it out with your own hands. So if your own hands doesn't do the deal or if you can't, you don't know what's right for your own body, don't use toys because you... Yeah, it sounds like you're starting die. out at the moment as well. So yeah. maybe, um, yeah, just stick to the basics for now and then grow from there, I would say. It's not weird at all. Mm. It's really normal. Um, in fact, it's really healthy. It's re- for men, it's good for the prostate. For mm-hmm. women, you know, it's good to discover your own body. Um, this day and age, people are telling you otherwise about your body. I personally, growing up, I was so self-conscious, like, with my looks and everything. But for some reason, after being open about my sexuality and how I am as a person... It's actually brought a lot of confidence in my life. Mm. Um, yeah, so try it out. Don't don't push don't it down. Don't knock it till you've tried it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. See, I was looking for that term. <laughs> that but phrase, yeah. <laughs> All right, we are going to jump straight into another song now. Um, if you would like to send us a question on Tumblr, that URL again is thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask um, and as I said before you do not need an account um, so just jump straight on there and spill the beans tell us all your well don't tell us your secrets but ask us some questions <laughs> um, and do we are uh, coming up after that we are going to be talking about Valentine's Day um, so stay tuned for that All right, you are listening to The Naughty Rude Show on Sin 90.7. As I said before, we will be getting to some of the cheesy classics tonight as this is a Valentine's Day special. Um, And speaking of Valentine's Mm. Day, we are going to be talking a little bit about the day coming up ahead. Do you guys love it or hate it? Oh, for me, it's a little bit of a love-hate relationship, in all honesty. Some some years when, you know, things might be a little bit rocky, it's kind of a day of consolidation, a bit of, you know, what, what have I done right? What have I done wrong? What can I do better? And you can kind of use the day to kind of get back in the good books with your partner. However, um, if you're already in a steady relationship every single day should be Valentine's yeah. Day. It shouldn't just be on one day. In all honesty, much like Mother's Day and Father's Day, Valentine's Day is one of those days that, you know, if you don't love your mum, your dad or your partner on any other day, 
should be ashamed of yourself. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. I think we're all in the same boat, actually. Mm. There's not going to be much discussion on this topic. <laughs> no, like, this day and age. Oh, my God, I keep saying that word. Anyway, <laughs> three of us, millennials, we are in our 20s. We would say that. But mm. people in their maybe 40s or 50s might say something else. Mm. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I think it might be definitely an age topic. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, for people our age today, they're definitely realising that it should be something that they should be expressing all days of the year, not mm. just on one specific day. Um, and I think a lot of people our age are not buying into the whole commercial side of it as yeah. well. Um, well, uh, for one, we can't afford it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> number one, Number one reason. Um, but moving on, what do you think um, about Red Roses as well? Flick, Ooh. you brought this up before. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I hate Red Roses on Valentine's Day. I find them so tacky. Look, if... I, I think my, that kind of ruined the Red Rose for a lot really of people has. as well. Because you think about it, some people have their own favourite flowers, like, you know, daisies, mm. daffodils. Why give them roses if they're don't like roses and they actually prefer something I don't know else. anybody that likes roses actually like as an actual flower mm. apart from roses nan, can be maybe. nice but red mm. roses just Valentine's Day ruin they are and, very yeah. stereotypical Valentine's Day aren't they I, I was just looking up some of their symbolic meanings and they, they stand for love honour faith beauty balance passion wisdom intrigue devotion <laughs> Uh, sensuality and timelessness, which is very interesting. I so think, I think roses, well, well before Valentine's Day, probably would have been a royal symbol. Um, yeah. And they've kind of changed to kind of a symbol of passion and love. And love, yeah. And, of course, on a day like Valentine's Day, um, which goes very, very well commercially, roses would be one of the major sellers. Yeah, and they of course, cash in. All of these things, all of these things that they stand I'm for. I'm amazed that it can stand mm, for so many things So many well. things. <laughs> And that's probably only half of them as well. Yeah, I'm sure there's a longer list <laughs> in somewhere. Fact, in fact, <laughs> yellow roses stand for joy, protection against envious lovers. Whoa. So there you go. And it also stands for mature love. I suppose when a rose starts to lose its colour, it might go a little bit yellow. A little bit yellow. <laughs> a white rose. What are you trying to say here? I'm not <laughs> too sure of... whether we have that many older <laughs> listeners here, but um, just be wary. Uh, the white rose stands for purity. Um, secret sense. admirer Ooh. and mysticism. So mysticism. something a little mm. bit, yeah. So really, if you want to convey all these things, boys and girls, just mm. give people roses. That's <laughs> they right. Can, they can There's convey a whole colour code as well. Apparently, <laughs> just give them the card along with it that yeah. tells it what it tells <laughs> just, people just what it stands for. Yeah. And I've just I've just read here a pink rose means first love, innocence, and healing. So Ooh, wow. cute. So it's funny. First love and healing, it's a bit of a, like, they're the two major ends of the spectrum. See, when you say mm. innocence, I'm thinking of, like, an older person giving a young child a pink rose. Yeah. That doesn't... Yes. Or maybe innocence in maybe first lovers, maybe your oh, first yeah, ever yeah. partner or something sense. like that. Yeah, because yeah. um, in my mind, that breaking that innocence together. together. That's oh, right, that's yeah. right. Wow, there's have so you guys many had, Yeah, have you guys had any bad Valentine's Day experiences? Oh. <laughs> I think you better go first, Flick. <laughs> She's got some stories. Oh, my gosh. When I was 14, I had this guy... Well, there was this guy in school who had this massive, massive crush on me. Like, literally, wherever I go, he stalks me. Probably considered a stalker. Um, he overheard that I like tuna on my sandwich. Ooh. Um, so, 
on Valentine's Day, he wanted to get me something. <laughs> and he got me some roses, oh, no. a hand-drawn card, <laughs> and a tin of tuna. <laughs> so How romantic. Back, back that then, is beautiful. Oh, the problem is it was expired tuna. Oh, and so it had been in his cupboard for a while then. It possibly. has been in his cupboard for a while. And can tuna go I, off? It can. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, I put all the stuff, I willingly accepted it, said thank you for the very weird Valentine's Day gift. I put it in my locker. After school, I went back to my locker and I found that the tin of tuna has exploded. Oh. Oh my god. And I did not know that that could happen. Wow. It's gas. Because it was so Why hard at that to climb time, it. though. Oh. It's almost like he planned it. Maybe he wasn't your admirer. Maybe he was just of the planning. Can. Oh, no. <laughs> just thinking of it, because I remember when that happened, my backpack smelled like tuna, my book smelled like yeah, tuna. Yeah, well, you would have just had to throw everything yeah. away. And, you know, because of that, now I just can't stand the taste and smell of tuna. Oh, and it was one of your favourites as well. What a shame. Mm. Um, Have you had any really good Valentine's Day gifts, though? Mm. (laughs) 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 Well, actually, we're talking about gifts. I, not not personally myself, got this gift, but one of my friends, uh, he bought his girlfriend some flowers, as you do. Mm -hmm. They were probably roses, very likely. Might have been pink, might have been yellow, ladies and gentlemen at home. Could have been been any kind of flowers. But um, the girlfriend in return um, bought him a kind of a wrapped up present and it was a slim box and he's going hmm wonder what this is you know this isn't your typical flowers or chocolates might have been slim chocolates might have been from switzerland we don't know (laughs) um he opens it up and it was it said on it small peck of condoms and they were these three little comedy condoms like really really small sized ones oh and this was from the girl this was from the girl I so highly I hope that that is was just a joke. A novelty. Yep. I really do. I really do. I hope That's it wasn't revealing. But oh, but regardless, that is crushed. a bit Absolutely of a mean crushed. gift. And yep. he was not happy. No, I can imagine you wouldn't be. That's really now, horrible. Elsie, you've mm. asked us so many questions now. <laughs> What's your yes. worst and best Valentine's well, Day gift? Well, I actually don't think I've ever had Valentine's Day gifts. So, like I said before, I've been with my partner for um, five, years. five and a half years now. Yeah, um, so quite a while. And from the outset, I made it quite clear that I didn't like Valentine's Day. Um, I'm really sorry if you actually have given me a gift on Valentine's Day, Callum, but I can't remember. (laughs) Um, But apart from that, yeah, no, I don't remember anyone ever giving me any gifts. Possibly a CD from, like, a really early boyfriend, but nothing... It wasn't ABBA, was it? (laughs) It definitely was not ABBA or Hot Chocolate or Marsha Hines. (laughs) Oh, what a disappointment. (laughs) What a disappointment, exactly. Um, We are going to jump straight into another song now. No, not quite yet, apparently. (laughs) Um, But coming up, we are going to be talking about um, our international sex myth segment, Mm. which we are going to be doing each week. We might actually just jump straight into that now. What do you think? I think we should. But before before I say that, um, I got a little bit of of advice from my friend um, on the topic of Valentine's Day. Yeah, go for it. And he said something about the timing of Valentine's Day gifts or gifts in general to your partner. And he actually said that the thing is, if you give them a gift on Valentine's Day, they're going to expect 
that you're just going to give them a gift, you know, every Valentine's Day. Oh, and it's going to get And it's going to actually get better and better and probably more meaningful each year. But in fact, what he said to me was he would sometimes go over to his girlfriend's house before she came home from school and actually line her bed with, with red roses or petals or or, or, a, or a particular book that she used to like or something like that. Yeah. And it would just be completely spontaneous. Yeah. But he would do it sometimes. And in fact, she would get you know, this amazing feeling of just satisfaction because it wasn't expected and that's right. And so maybe people out there that are looking to surprise their partners or potentially um, do something that's a little bit out of the norm of the whole Valentine's Day hysteria, maybe do something that's a little bit unexpected and you might get a bigger reaction from your partner. Yeah, of course. And that's what we were saying before about not just waiting for a special day Mm. to treat somebody or to show someone that you care about them. Um, I think that's really important is just to show that all year round. Mm. Um, That's definitely something that I preach. Um, But also, like, if you aren't in a relationship at all, Mm. like, taking care of your other relationships as well. That's right. And also looking after yourself and making sure that you're showing yourself self-love. Yeah, just... Maybe on Valentine's Day, if it is a hard time of year for you, I'm, I know it affects some people, um, just, I don't know, run yourself a bubble bath, get a yeah, nice book, light yourself. some candles. Absolutely. Have a really relaxing evening. That's yeah. probably what I'll be doing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also a good way to kind of, yeah, say say thank you to people that you probably don't get to appreciate every day and, and maybe it kind of teaches you to do that more often. But I think, I think the thing is as well with the kind of the spontaneous gift, you know, it also teaches us not like every single day materialistic valued stuff. You don't have to give your partner or something like that or your, or your good friend something like that every single day. No. So as long as you're acknowledging them every now and then and just yep. showing your appreciation, it doesn't have to be something because suddenly the expectation will be there that you have to do it every single time. Oh, of course. And the best type of gifts are handmade, thoughtful. That's right. Gifts like um, CDs. CDs are so easy to make. If you just yeah. like make a playlist on your iTunes, chuck it on a CD um, and then scribble all over it or something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, anything like that or a handmade card. It's really, really thoughtful, I think. Mm. Okay, so we are actually going to go into oh. our international sex myth segment. Ooh. Play the segment music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, so this week we have a sex myth from PNG. Um, certain cultures like the Huli and I'm not sure how to say this, Arapesh. Arapesh sounds yeah, about right. That yeah, that sounds yeah, about right. That sounds about right. Um, so they actually firmly believe that babies are not a product of one night of sex but have to actually be built over time. So, wow. um, yeah, it's like a repeat event. As it's said here, repeated intercourse. So more than one sexual occasion. Yeah. Wow. Pretty interesting, actually. Mm. They um, they understand that sex led to pregnancy um, and that babies were the result of, quote, man juice meeting up with something inside the woman's Very body. Very <laughs> <laughs> um, So, so far, so good. But the trouble was that they figured out, um, they figured that infants were actually constructed bit by bit, as I said before, out of sperm and menstrual blood. So this was, um, they thought it was built up over a period of time um, and that obviously because of this sex wasn't always pleasurable. Um, So they thought that there was two kinds of sex, one that was like fun, um, which we all generally experience and the other kind where you had to actually work to get pregnant. 
think that's quite interesting. <laughs> wow, it certainly is. So maybe the more pleasurable side might be constructing the heart together one night and oh, then, you know, the bones beautiful. might be a little bit sharper one other night, you know, yep. it might be a little bit rough and tumble. A little bit more dense, A little bit more bones. dense, yes, yep. yeah, put all that calcium in. <laughs> uh, it might be a little bit tougher, but yeah, man juice, that's a very interesting way of I describing it. I love that term, that's great. I go, get me some man juice. <laughs> We're going to try not to say that again. No, no, we're not. We're not. We're I'm not sorry about that. <laughs> sorry, PNG uh, listeners out there. Um, but clearly this isn't something that they believe now, which no. is good. Um, they've brushed up on their sex ed. Um, but we will have another international sex myth segment for you next week. So stay tuned for that um, in the coming week. You are listening to The Naughty Rude Show on Sin 90.7. We are going to jump straight back into some more questions from our listeners now. Mm. Um, and these are all anonymous um, and from our Tumblr page, thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. You don't need an account to ask um, these questions, you can just roll on over there and type away. Um, so what's our first question? So our first question is, one of my friends believe t- Tinder, of course, we're all pretty aware of the app Tinder, encourages a cultural uh, a culture of objectification as its basis is a dating app where you decide someone's attractiveness predominantly on pictures. So what are your thoughts about uh, the attractiveness predominantly on pictures? Um, I personally have never used Tinder other than grabbing friends' phones at parties and then... Um, <laughs> it seems to be a very popular through. recreational activity. <laughs> oh, it's great fun. If you've never done it before, I highly oh, recommend it. Definitely get on it. Um, but as far as I can tell, it definitely is promoting yeah. a culture of objectification. I mean, like you're literally sitting there going, yes, no, yes, yes, no, 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 no. Speaking <laughs> from personal experience, my partner, um, my current partner, <laughs> um, I knew him through OkCupid, which is Ooh. something like Tinder. And you know what? The first thing that I noticed was his profile picture, and I thought he was attractive. So there you go. That yeah, it's definitely not. I mean, obviously, objectifying someone is never a good thing. But it's not. Um, See, I think objectifying and thinking someone is yeah, attractive is a, a different different thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I think you definitely need to be attractive to attracted to anyone that you date. Um, otherwise, there's not. I mean, if you're interested in having sex, there's not going to be that sexual yeah. chemistry not between be you. That connection. Yeah, it's human nature. Mm. Um, some people find some people attractive. Some people don't. Um, that being said, Tinder could be a way to actually figure out what you like as in a mm. person as well. Yeah. Like, we're excluding the pictures here, when you actually go on their profile, you could say, you could know a lot about a person through their bio. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And there is that option there for people to actually, you know, take, an, take a quicker look, uh, to, to, to do the swiping, but there is also the option there to have a look at the bio. Some yeah. of the bios are very short, they're very sweet, there might be something like, you know... Um, I want you like the girl out of the yogurt commercial or something like that, something ridiculous. <laughs> Whereas other other ones might be a little bit more in-depth, you know, what they're doing as a career, how old they are, yeah. and there's a little bit more detail. I know for a fact now on Tinder, they also have,
of the person's favourite theme song, like what their tune is. That's um, great. And yes, you can I actually play that, that as well. Yeah. So if, if, if you meet someone on Tinder that has the favourite song as you, you've already got an instant connection there. Yeah, of course, they show you your mutual friends, so yeah. that might be interesting. Um, but also as well, there is a link to Instagram, so you can kind yeah. of see what kind of recreational activities they are. Maybe you might be into someone who does a lot of travel. Their Instagram might you know, display that they do a lot of travelling? I think at the end of the day, mm. Tinder is still an app. It, it is still an app. You know, um, human connection in the real world is so much more important as well. And, of course, it was created as a hookup app. It wasn't it, created yeah. to build loving and fulfilling relationships. It was definitely just created to meet up with people. So That's that right. being said, don't take it too seriously. Mm. You, you can find your love of your life, but... Honestly, just don't put your hopes on it. Yeah, don't put <laughs> no. your hopes on it, and you know, just take it easy. Just because you like someone's photo doesn't mean you are just, you know, ignorant or you know, whatever. We're still human beings. Mm-hmm. We're still human beings. I think if if and people sometimes do resort to um, internet dating as a way to find love, just in case you know they might be at a workplace or or even a social life where they can't exactly find the love of their lives. Um, Tinder might not always be the best option. There are websites like eHarmony or, as, uh, as Flick said before, um, OkCupid that, you know, are, are a little bit more based on the profile. There's a bit more information about the heights and things like that and, and what kind of interests they have. So a little bit like that, there are a few more websites out there that are a little bit more based on um, personality, interests, that kind of stuff, whereas Tinder is a bit more of a hookup and a flinging kind of mm-hmm. application. Yeah, of course. Um, So our next question, of course, comes from Anonymous. Um, I can't get off during sex. It's easy to do on my own, but I haven't been able to have an orgasm with a partner ever. Mm -hmm. I've been sexually active for around four years and I have had a few partners, but I, um, I can never get there. Maybe it's emotional? Question mark. I'm thinking that maybe I just don't like sex. Hmm. That's a possibility because asexuals don't enjoy sex. Yeah, but that being said, we're not categorizing you into being asexual. Um, In terms of not getting an orgasm, maybe try doing it yourself, you know? Just try to figure out your own body, what you like, what you don't like. Because, as I was saying earlier, if you don't know your own body, how can you expect someone else to figure that out for you? Yeah, that's mm. that's really good advice, actually. I would, yeah, um, get to know yourself really well. And also, um, I think finding a partner that's willing to spend the time with you to and learn, yeah. Yeah, learn right. your needs, um, someone that you can grow to feel really comfortable with as well, because being comfortable with someone and a, and being in a space where you feel secure enough to kind of let go, I think is really important um, when it comes to sexual experiences. That is absolutely right. If, if you can't feel comfortable with yourself in the bedroom, quite often you're going to be trying to please your partner more than yourself. Yeah. Therefore, you're not going to get satisfaction out of it. So you need to you need to be able to know how to treat yourself and in that way there'll be more pleasure through it. And as we were saying before, with one of the other questions about pornography, that can also be a way of maybe, um, you know, advancing your horizons on maybe some of the ways that you can do things differently to find more pleasure. So there's definitely that option there as well to kind of educate yourself a little bit more. And and in that way, um, sex might become a lot more pleasurable. Yeah. Speaking of education, I think a lot of people tend to forget that sex can, you know, it's a learning curve. A lot of 
things about sex. Generally, you learn when you're older. Um, that being said, go on porn. Yeah, go watch porn. You know, you might learn a thing or two. Um, yeah, what's your next question? Our next question is, Hey, Naughty Rude, what's your advice about Hi. telling a guy... <laughs> Hello. Hello, you. What's your advice about telling a guy you'd like to get jiggy with him? Jiggy. Jiggy. When you and your boyfriend have recently become open, but he's known you since before that, maybe you can work with him? Uh, Not really. Okay. So I think what this person is trying to say that her or him and um, this person's boyfriend Mm -hmm. have recently become open, have an open relationship now, and and they would like to um, get off with another guy, Mm -hmm. um, but they've known this guy before they started dating their boyfriend. Yeah. Wow, mind blown. <laughs> Completely mind blown. So I'm guessing you guys have been friends for a while um, and they might actually, like this guy might not actually feel comfortable with um, getting jiggy with you, as mm-hmm. you put it, um, if they also know your boyfriend. I feel like that could be quite a sticky situation, even if you and your boyfriend have become open in an open relationship um which um well done if that's something that you are both really comfortable with I think that's great Mm. um but maybe yeah that could I mean from my perspective I feel like that could get very messy with everyone knowing each other yeah what do you guys think I, I I completely agree with you there um I I know um that you know there's one of my friends um, has had a very good family. Like, um, there and their families were very, very close together. Mm-hmm. And pretty much as soon as the guy and the girl kind of became, I would say, open slash closer to kind of a breakup, mm-hmm. um, the best friend um, kind of started sleeping with the girl um, uh. that were going out with him. And it kind of, it kind of did come in the w- middle of um, the, the two guys' friendship. And uh, that, that would probably be my major concern. You, you kind of don't want it to get away in, uh, of the friendship. But equally, yeah. if there's not a huge friendship there as it is and everyone's kind of open to it yeah. and kind of you can find a way to work work past it and, and work it out, then I think all parties can be pretty happy. But um, if there is a major friendship there and there's a major love triangle bef- between the three mm. that you're worried about breaking, it might not be the best idea. Yeah, of course. If... Um- this guy and your boyfriend don't know each other, I would say um, go for it. And what's our advice about telling this guy that um, they'd like to get jiggy with him? I love the term jiggy. 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 It's I great, think that's great. It? It's that's fantastic. great. I might use that for now. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of that, honestly, it's the best policy, I think. Hmm. I mean, I mean, it's quite literally open. You've got to be open with, yeah. with all parties, all options. And if he can't accept it, you know, probably n- not the best idea if you're in an open relationship. I mean, there's a chance if you've known him for quite a while, yeah. there's a chance he might not want to jeopardise your relationship together by um, taking that to a sexual level. Mm. Mm. So yeah, just just talk. I would say be open and yeah. um, share your thoughts, but just be conscious that um, yeah, it might change your relationship with um, that guy as well. Always stick to your morals. Yeah, which is what I could say. You know, if you're not happy with what you're having right now, it doesn't hurt to move on. 
and I know it sucks if you know that person for quite a while but hey there's other people out there who may share the same interests as you you never know life's too short all right one more question before we go to another song just a quick one here is it better to ask a girl out in person or via text oh in person. In Full person. Uh-huh. Every day of the week. Uh-huh. All right. You heard it here first, guys. On all- the Naughty Rude Show, <laughs> always ask someone out in person. It always depends on the person that you are. Um, obviously, if you're a little bit shy, a little bit nervous. Um, it can be so it, nerve-wracking. It, it can be a very, can, very yeah. nerve-wracking and yeah. intimidating process. And, you know, if, if they... You know, it might be a romantic idea. Let's say, for example, um, the person that you want to ask out is currently overseas. They're coming back in a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a very nice restaurant you want to take them to. Um, maybe asking them out before they come home from their trip might be something really heartwarming for them. They might say yes, and when they when they arrive back at home, they might feel very very happy about it. But <laughs> if if they're if they're actually at home, if they live nearby, say it yourself. At least you'll know the answer straight away. Yeah. I often find if you ask someone out and they don't respond for a long time, they often consult their friends. They have yeah. a they have a longer time to think about it because there's no time limit. Um, but if you ask them directly, they have to think on the spot. Yep. They have to be honest with you. They have to be straight with you, and you get the answer. Exactly. They're not going to go wait there for a moment. Yep. I'm just going <laughs> to go and get my my group of friends, and I'll come back to you. We are going to be talking about love and sex now. Um, going off an article by Olivia Fain from The Guardian Um, and the article is titled Why Sex and Love Don't Belong in the Same Bed. How metaphorical. I was about to say, (laughs) love the metaphor there, love the metaphor there. Lovely, lovely. Um, So I guess the main crux of the article itself is talking about um, how we as a Western society think about sex and its connection to love and loving the person that you're having sex with. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess uh, Olivia is kind of debunking that in a way um, because when it comes down to it, it's all about how you think about sex sex and I guess if that's something that comes from love or if that's just something that we as humans like to do (laughs) I guess that's Mm. um yeah that's kind of the nitty-gritty of the article so one of the main questions that comes up is um I guess do you feel that love and sex are connected or should we start thinking about them in completely different lights or different beds or different beds exactly (laughs) Um, one of them can sleep on the couch (laughs) (laughs) if they're lucky it's it's a very interesting point she makes about love and sex because um it often depends on kind of where the relationship or or even where the friendship or the the fling may potentially be um you know you might love someone very much and the best way that you can express that is through um you know sexual sexual relations um or you might find that you really want to connect to this person on a loving level you know holding their hands Mm -hmm. kind of becoming close to them and then eventually moving into sex but um as it said in the article um sex isn't necessarily for everyone And, and as we've established on the show before um you know love you know 
expressing love through sex may not always be the be-all and end-all of a relationship. Yeah, of course. There's definitely different ways to express love, which is what the article talks about. Um, But I would also say that there's different types of sex as Mm. well. Mm -hmm. There is definitely a loving kind of sex um, uh, where there is that, like, need to just express love um, in that very physical sense Mm -hmm. um, and to get, I guess, as close to somebody as is physically and um, possibly, like, mentally possible as Mm, well. Absolutely. Because I would say, like, when you are having sex, um, you are quite connected in that sense. Um, And then there's, like, the really primal, um, like, need to have somebody now type of sex. That's right, (laughs) to release that tension as we were talking about before. I guess this, yeah, this is the type of sex that they're talking about, like... That this isn't related to love mm. whatsoever. Which, which, which mm-hmm. to me kind of sounds a lot more like lust. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That is yeah. true. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So sex and lust definitely belong in the same bed, I would mm. say. I, I definitely <laughs> would say that. That's right. Can sex only just be a physical thing, though? Like, in my mind, just listening mm. to both of you talk about this, like, mm-hmm. in my mind, I think sex with a person because it's such an intimate thing to do you're mm. you're having two bodies up against each other that's right and you know if you do it for so long with the same person you're bound to have some sort of emotional connection with those mm. people mm-hmm. like I don't know Personally. I think that's like chemicals as well. Like if you're it having is. sex with the same person it's over and over right and over chemistry. again, yeah. there's um there's definitely like some sort of chemical offset in the brain yeah. that makes you closer to that person as well. So what we've established here is sex is sort of mostly physical. Yeah. And the emotions that you feel from it is just emotional, I suppose. Like, you know, with your brain and your heart. No. Yeah. yeah. What I w- am also interested about, which the topic bring, uh, the article brings up as well mm-hmm. as a topic, mm-hmm. um, what do you think about during sex? Um, and I guess mm. does that kind of matter when you are having sex? Because um, I don't know, what's the weirdest things you guys have thought about? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it all depends on the focus. It's, and I it's think- such like an intimate question, isn't it? it like is. we talk about a lot of things mm. here on the Naughty Rude Show, but I feel like... Like uh, talking about what you think about during sex um, is a little bit personal. <laughs> well, it's not naughty root show for nothing, is That's it? That's right. Exactly. You've got to live up to the name. <laughs> <laughs> Michael. Well, I remember actually, because um, I, I do remember there was this one time I was very passionate with this one girl that I had, and um, we we didn't end up um, having anything serious, um, unfortunately. Um, unfortunately, you know, sometimes uh, the feelings don't come from both ends, uh-huh. and that can happen in kind of like a friends with benefits or, or potentially the start of something It might not eventuate. And I just remember one day we were just in bed pretty much all day. Um, and I just remember at one stage, um, she kind of, you know, got really turned on again and I was kind of not ready for it. <laughs> and so, you know, she was kind of doing the controlling on top. And you were just going and, through and your to I just list. I started feeling <laughs> I started feeling this really numbness in my legs because Ooh. I think her fire was really pressed up against my leg, leg yeah. and I could I started feeling numb in my leg and I started feeling like I started to pull maybe a hamstring or something <laughs> and all I could think about was just my leg in absolute agonizing pain she was she was enjoying all of this mind you while this was happening of course, <laughs> of course you've got to keep your, 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 your you know <laughs> your partner satisfied that is very important but equally if your legs starting to turn purple it's probably not the best idea yeah. So I just started 
I, I pretty much as this all was happening, I was focusing on her. I might have had a finger or two in her mouth or something like that, you know, keeping her satisfied. But as I was doing that, I was kind of looking past her, seeing whether my leg you was still... You weren't really in the in moment, my, I wasn't in the moment. No. <laughs> I know she was, but for me, I was in a bit of pain. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> How about you guys? Um, I think... Sorry, Dean. Um, <laughs> the worst one I could think of, and I just feel so sorry for him sometimes when I do it. So, you know, I work... Like most people do, I work, I study. And, um, yeah, sometimes you just don't feel like having sex when you come home. You just want to chill, relax, go sleep, whatever. So my partner was so horny that night, that one night. And I was like, okay, you know what? I haven't seen you all day. We haven't been that intimate as much because I was busy with other projects. So I said yes. We were in the middle of doing it, and I was actually falling asleep. Oh, oh no. no! You are a brave, brave wow. woman to broadcast that. Yeah, wow. I fell asleep while he was going down on me, and he—he's great. Don't Did he know he's at great. the time? I didn't know, but he was like, "Fee, fee." Hello. <laughs> he was like, you. Oh, oh my god! I'm so sorry. <laughs> and after that happened, let's just say just. Were you okay, at least well, having that... a good dream, Fee? Was that was that? Were you, were you having a good dream? I can't remember. I, I'm just glad I she was, was more asleep. slipping in. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yes, I yes. Stage. I think you know the way I fall asleep is I just daydream about certain things that I've done in my day. So you could probably tell I wasn't into it at no, the time. No. You know. But, yeah, okay, on live radio, this is just... <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, Dean. <laughs> Elsie. It happens to the best of us, I'm sure. Mm. Um, no, definitely not anything that bad. But, yeah. like, I've... Um, Maybe during, like, foreplay or anything like that, I've been thinking about, like, what we're going to have for dinner. What <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, a common thing. Oh, my God, I need to fold me. the washing. Um, blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. But I think that's more just me as a overly organised, erratic person than oh, anything else. And, and for some particular people, what time are our parents coming home? Yes, that, exactly. That might, that might be a particular yep. issue yep. that some people just think about. watching the clock. Watching All the right, clock. Quick, get your clothes right, on. <laughs> kind of freaks me out when I think think about anyone else other than my partner though like yeah yeah that's happened a couple of times like sitting guys or even girls because i'm bisexual mm-hmm. and you know i justify it by saying hey i think of girls too but then again i'm bi yeah so it kind of bothers me yeah and mm. i don't really know what's going on here yeah do you yeah. think that's that's um, feeds into the idea that sex is kind of about lust though as well yeah not about i think love. that yeah. is because you're definitely not still in love with those people that you're thinking no about. not at all but mm. see i am very open with my sexuality like if i had a chance to be in an open relationship which i'm not i i would probably be just hooking up with every tom dick and harry mm-hmm. or sam sally Someone um, <laughs> with uh, that's a know, new one, Sam Sally. Someone, I'm going to use that. Someone, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, if my partner is open about it, I am more than happy to just you know get him into the bandwagon and start you know just hooking up with people. But I don't think I am at that you know place and time to do it. It's pretty much a fantasy. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so we are going to jump to a song now, but we will keep um, going on this topic of love and sex when we come back. Um, and if you do have any questions mm. about love and sex, please send them over to us at the Naughty Rude Show. Um, what is it? Dot Tumblr dot uh, dot com forward slash ask. I'm going to say that again. The Naughty Rude Show dot Tumblr dot com slash ask. Um, and you do not need an account, so keep those questions rolling in. We're jumping straight back into our topic on sex and love, um, which we were talking about just before that song kicked off. Um, and I guess we're, yeah, we're going off an article by um, Olivia, what is her name? Olivia Fain, which was written in The Guardian, um, Why Sex and Love Don't Belong in the Same Bed. Um, and a big topic that came up was, I guess, what we're taught in the Western world um, about sex and love, um, e.g., right from the get-go when we're introduced um, to sex education mm. when um, I think as the saying goes when a man loves a woman um, right. <laughs> which is really stereotypical as it well is, about sex but um, yeah I think from the outset we're taught that love is related to sex um, and it is nice to think that sex can be just a little bit more than just human instincts mm. but um, when it comes down to it, sex is about reproduction um, it and it comes from, a, a like, I guess, primal instincts as mm -hmm. well. Yep. Um, yeah, we have that desire in us, um, which is, yeah, all down to our DNA, I guess. Um, yeah. So sex, um, uh, an issue that the topic brought up was um, sex can separate people in love um, who think they should be having more slash better sex mm. um, and that they think that because they're not having <clears throat> more or better sex, this might be a sign that they're not really in love, which I think mm. is a really this big is a issue. very yeah. big issue, yeah. I think I think the thing is with that, um, you know, you, you can really build a connection, um, particularly if you traditionally do it, you meet someone, you really like them, um, you know, the intention isn't there to jump into bed with them straight away, you kind of want to get to know them first, you want to meet them on a lot of separate occasions, kind of, mm -hmm. yeah, kind of fall in love with them and then eventually um, sex is kind of the barrier you break and you kind of get a lot more intimate with them that way. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a it's a major topic point about whether you know once you, so you've been you've practically fallen in love with them you know you, mm. you head over heels with them um, and then that next step you take probably isn't as good as what you thought you know yeah are you actually in love with them you know and, and do you or does it does it take time to kind of get that connectivity correct you yeah know? that's true mm. like sex is definitely something that um, when you're starting off with a new partner mm. it's something that you need to work on over time and work out what they like and what what you like and um, how you can please each other. But um, like you were saying before, I think that, um, yeah, people get scared when maybe it doesn't work straight away or maybe yeah. it peters off after a while. Um, but it's something that you can keep working at, I think, That's for right. sure. Um, it can be a way to connect really fast with That's someone, correct. like you were saying. Sometimes it's instantaneous. Sometimes you might, um, you know, go from the loving side of things straight mm -hmm. into the, um, you know, the, the intimacy and it might actually just click straight away. For others, it might not be as instantaneous, yeah. you know. If someone hasn't done a lot of that stuff before and particularly if they're a little bit nervous with a new partner, it might take a little bit longer. But but, but if, you, if you really do love them and 
you, and you're really committed on them, um, you can, you know, work on things over time. Mm. You know, jumping f- uh, to back what you said, um, you know, sex predominantly is about reproduction when you meet someone the law of attraction is also tied to sex you look at someone and you think hey they attract, they're attractive like the opposite sex and you're like yes I want to repro- uh, reproduce with them that being said um, once you meet someone in real life like a stranger sex comes to your mind well, not not exactly sex, but like you know, just the attraction to mm. that physical closeness, the, the intimacy. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that would be the first thing you actually think, or you know, is your mind saying that okay, actually, I want to get to know that person first? Does that come second, or does that come first? Mm. That's a really interesting question. Actually, it, it can really vary. Um, I find. Yeah, um, for sure. Because because sometimes in your mind you might have an idea to become more of a that you, you might see him. You might say, gee, that person probably isn't someone I would see on an intimate level, um, more kind of on a level of kind of, you know, uh, fun. You know, they, they, yeah. they might they might be good in bed, but I wouldn't be looking to have much out of the bedroom, you know, kind of get to know them a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, if you really want to get to know the person um, a lot more, it might be a lot easier to do that, to take that step and to kind of see them as that and kind of start thinking about it. But it, it really depends on what you see the person as like their kind of role that you want them to play in your life and where you want them in your life. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, getting back to sex, um, I'm sure lots of people have had sex with people that they maybe just do not like, but the sex has been amazing. That's right. Um, and then on the opposite end, um, some had sex with someone that they absolutely adore and feel really connected with, but the sex has been absolutely rubbish. Mm. And in that circumstance, I mean, you can always work on it, but... Um, like going back to the other situation, when you're having sex with somebody just to kind of get it out of your system, even though you might not necessarily like them, that is 100% lust and that's totally okay as well. It is. Like when you think of it, why do a lot of older men go to a brothel or, you know, like those sort of Mm. places? Yeah. They're trying to fill a void. They are. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a completely different can of worms, Mm. though. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it just came to my mind. Yeah, of course. And that's, like we said, that's about lust. Yeah, it is um, lust, yeah. That sexual connection, but not necessarily in a love sense. No. Um, It's definitely, it's a topic that we could go on for for hours, Which we did last week. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I even I even find when it comes to connectivity, I've met some really really amazing girls, and um, mm-hmm. I, and it, it does sound a little bit different. Um, it, it all comes back to what you're looking for, mm. and I've and I find that um, kissing as well is a very major part of it. You've got to be able to you know kind of connect with them well through that way as well, yeah. and and I found with this really nice girl that I met, she just she just couldn't really kiss that well, you know? She was putting the tongue out in, in, in weird scenarios and weird places. And I think kissing and is a major part of love. It is. It is. More than yeah. sex, I would say. Mm. See, I find hugging very intimate. Yeah. And I find it really hard to hug people because I'm like, it's such an intimate thing. That's just me, of course. Yeah. But mm. like, you know, if I like someone, be it like I actually am attracted to that person or I like that person as a friend... That would be the only scenarios where I hug someone. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess it just all depends on someone. Like as you say, kissing. I wouldn't mm. go out and just kiss random people. You know? Yeah. No. Um, exactly. 
Yeah. So one of my favourite quotes out of the article is, um, love and erotic love are two very different emotions, as we've just been discussing. Um, mm-hmm. I would argue that almost they are almost contrary. Love proper is to do with the other person. It is about care, respect and understanding of that human other. Love like this grows. It cannot help it. The more of yourself you invest in the other person, the more you receive. Oh, mm, so lovely. So nice. I know. <laughs> I feel like I'm floating on a cloud right now. <laughs> um, but it is so true. It is very true. Yeah. And uh, obviously erotic love, on the other hand, is about wanting something. That's all it says on that matter. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's more on the connectivity. And connectivity is such an important thing. Yeah. You know, um, you, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have common interests. Sometimes I felt, you know, when I was meeting particular girls, whether having common interests would be a benefit or actually a disadvantage. And it it really does come down to how well you connect on a particular topic. Why? Obviously, mm-hmm. if you don't like something and the other person strongly likes it, mm-hmm. uh, there could be a bit of a clash of conflict there. Yeah. Um, but equally, if you're kind of into the same things, maybe not the exact same things, because it could just be literally a mirror, you kind of do need you know a lot of different discussion points and stuff like that. But you want to be able to connect on a lot of different levels. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, why do you think it would be a detriment to be interested in the same things? I think... I think I think sometimes, um, you know, you can be almost so so similar to someone that it that, that the almost the stage of interest can almost go beyond um, that, and it, it can almost make it as if you're almost dating someone that just has longer hair or shorter hair than you. It it, yeah. it, it, it can be interesting that way. Sometimes. Um, I find in, in some things a bit of friendly banter mm-hmm. about a particular topic or maybe a conflict of interest can actually be a good way of getting to know the person more. Yeah, Opposites that's true. Track. And you that's also right. want that little bit of intrigue as well, that's something that you're not really right. too sure about. A little sure bit of about. mystery, yes. Yep. <laughs> um, with erotica and, as you all know, Valentine's Day is on its way. Oh, yes. Fifty Sheets Darker, it's out. <laughs> there's a there's a date idea for you all. Oh, no. <laughs> Several date ideas. No, really, but here's my question. With that sort of movie, mm-hmm. it is sort of like a fan fiction of Twilight, and I'm not sure if you both have watched Twilight. Mm. I have. I, I have a. I when I went through those teenage days, I, I did have some friends who were right okay. into it, and I was um I was forcibly put in a chair and had to watch some of them. Yes. So you do know what it's about, then. So with Fifty Shades of Grey, they're saying that you know it's just a very bad representation of BDSM, like guy taking advantage of the girl, and the girl's just mm-hmm. falling in love with this guy who sort of just abuses her. Is that considered erotica or is it just love, you know, like sacrificing yourself for someone else, that sort of thing? Um, well, obviously it would depend if she's into it or not, I guess. It's a movie. Well, okay. Know, can't tell, but like... <laughs> can't tell. Well, when I, watch, when I watch Fifty Shades of Grey, I seem to think that, um, you know, he did, have, he did have a connection to, to the girl that he ends up with, um, mm-hmm. but equally there, there comes that darker side, which is probably going to be revealed even more in the next movie. Yeah. Um, you waiting on that cliffhanger? I, I certainly am. <laughs> I, I certainly am. I want to watch it too. Actually, that could be a thing we there could are. do. 
there are a lot. I, I think we might. I think we might preview this movie now in, in our next episode. Yeah, you guys can review it. Um, but it, it certainly does seem like um, it, the darker side to him is this whole, um, you know, S and M kind of side. The whole yeah. contract. When I saw the contract in the film, I'm like, oh gee, wow, um, that's a thing. Contract's <laughs> a contract legally binding. It or it yes, binding in the sense of you know there has to be a commitment there. But when it comes um, to sex, though, that's just a whole different issue. It is. Like, yep. it can't be exactly mm. legal. It's just between two people. Mm. Mm. That's right. Yeah, I'm sure he's not going to whip it out in the bedroom and say, look, you signed this. <laughs> you signed this. Remember this? It's my slideshow. <laughs> anyway, we have got way off track. Oh, um, yes. So we are going to jump to another song now, and when we come back, we are going to be um, answering some more questions from you guys. Um that uh, URL again is the naughty rude show.tumblr.com forward slash ask. And again, you don't need an account, so just jump straight on there, guys, and give us your thoughts. Um, we're jumping straight back into some questions from you all here. Um, and again, I am Elsie and I'm with Felicity and Michael tonight. Um, I hope you're all having a wonderful evening. Um, so, the first question here from Anonymous is I'm a I'm in a gay relationship and we've been seeing each other for a couple of months now and we are thinking about not using protection as we've both been recently tested and we are in a monogamous relationship. However, I'm really nervous about doing this because how can you ever be 100% sure that your partner's being faithful? How should I bring this concern up with my boyfriend without offending him or giving him or giving me no reason to think that he's cheating? That's an awesome question. Well, first and foremost, by the sounds of this, it sounds like um, the other partner who hasn't sent in this question Mm -hmm. is bringing this idea to the frame of mind of his boyfriend. Um, Mm -hmm. So, obviously, uh, he needs a bit of advice about what to do in this situation. yeah, it's a very, very interesting question because I've always been of a, whatever relationship you're in, it's mm-hmm. always good to use protection yeah. just to be sure. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not even it, – it, 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 even if you have been tested, you know, it's not 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if they are both clean, that's great. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But, you, yeah, it, it all depends. And, and monogamous relationships are great if, if you both 100% trust each other. Yeah. And there needs to be trust there. I think it all comes down to just trust, isn't it? Does. Yep. You need to communicate with your partner about this regardless because if, you know, you can't, you're right when you say you can't trust someone 100%, but you also can give someone the benefit of the doubt. Mm. So the best way to go about it is to actually talk. Chances mm. are you can't offend them because this is a legitimate question and mm. your partner would probably be wondering the same thing. That being said as well, and this is actually something that I learned last week when I went to see a doctor uh, to get my test done, which I do quite regularly. Um, If you have HIV or any like STIs, STDs, you can actually cure it. Not so much HIV, but there are ways to actually prevent it now. Like for example, if the condom broke, and it leaked inside you, you have a 24-hour period to go to see a doctor, get a pill, take it for the next 28 days, and you wouldn't have HIV. Wow, I had no idea about that. So, And my doctor as well did say that the chances of you dying from HIV is very, very, 
very slim in this day and age because you if have, you get in early, of yeah, course, yeah, yep. yes, that's right. Um, this question, though, um, I guess mainly is about trust issues, not mm. so much about yeah. the protection side of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, bringing up trust issues with your partner, how would you guys go about that? I think one of the most important things I read here, um, he wrote, uh, how should I bring this up to my concern um, without my boyfriend being offended? Um, now, I think the reason why he says being offended is because I think a sign of not using protection means that they want to take this to the next level. They want to mm, be yeah. more serious. Yeah. So I think what he's worried about here is if he says, no, I still want to keep using protection, I want to take the risk, uh, his boyfriend might be offended because he might be thinking, well, I want to take this to another level. This is a sign of taking it to another yeah. level. Do you not like me anymore? And yep. that's and I think I think they need to make it clear here that it's not about that. It's yep. just about, mm-hmm. you know, being 110% sure. You've got to yep. be really sure here. Mm. Yeah, and you have to remember as well, your partner doesn't um, want to give you an STI. <laughs> that's <laughs> he, right. Yes. He, if he's suggesting this, it's more than likely that he is just looking to, like you said, take it to the next level. Level and right. possibly deepen your connection, but it's um, you all always have to act within your realms of um, comfortability. Is that a That's word? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you're not wanting to do that, then I definitely wouldn't, and you need to bring it up with your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next question we have is: So I'm a 19 year old girl, and I've often have nights out with my guy friends. A lot of the time, there's some double standards where the boys are expected to try pick up chicks, but I can't have a crack because it's, in quotation marks, slutty thoughts, question mark. Well, by the sounds of it here, it sounds like they're going out with uh, groups of guys. And, And often when that happens with groups, there is often a lot of expectations behind it. There's a lot of stereotypes that are thrown in. There's a lot of the past that's thrown in as well. Um, and unfortunately, you know, if if it's not on a serious level with any of these guys, um, they're often uh, in guy groups. I know for a fact a lot of them talk. Uh, if they know the girl, there's going to be history there and it's going to be talked about. Mm. Um, and the girl doesn't really want to come off, you know, as a quoted here as a slut, um, mm. you know. But at the same time, she's really interested in one of the guys. She knows one of the guys. If she wants to um, get with one of the guys, um, then I think, you know, she needs to make that clear to the guy either there, kind of away from the group to kind of take that pressure away um, or even maybe discuss it with him beforehand. I think what she's talking about, though, is um, picking up guys just other than, you know, friendship group ah, as well. Oh, yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, so they're all off getting with other chicks, she said. Um mm-hmm out in a nightclub or bar or wherever they are um, and apparently they have a go at her if she tries to do the same, which is very much a double standard. Uh, um, yes. And if yep. anyone of you out there is um, reiterating this in your friendship group, I would highly su- suggest you to stop because women are their um, own person and they are willing. To, they can do whatever they very yeah. well please. Women are allowed to have sex as any, uh, with anyone as much as men can. As yeah. long as everyone's consensual. being safe and it's consensual. Yes. Yeah. And I like to reiterate that we are not professionals in any way. We are just voicing our own opinions and we've done a bit of research. Um, yeah. Secondly, it's it's hypocritical to 
to, to put that tag on someone else if they're doing it themselves. Of course, and I think, yeah. And I think the group needs to understand that, you know, that it is hypocritical. And, um, you know, if you're at a club and you want to, you know, get with anyone, you can. Yeah. And there shouldn't be that pressure from the group. Um, and if I was you, um, so if this is happening to you on a regular basis, I would actually bring it. Next time that they make that that casual comment, bring it up and it up. actually make a point out of it because the only way that you're going to stop that kind of behaviour is by drawing attention to it. Agreed. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, all right, the next question, moving on. I haven't been in a relationship for a few years and I'm thinking about getting into casual dating. How does it work? Is there an unspoken rule of the duration you should see someone for um, for it to be casual, how do you keep things friendly if you don't want to become serious? I think nowadays there's such things like Tinder, speed dating, OkCupid, for example. You can't actually put a time frame on any relationship. Mm. That's right. When it comes to two people and a relationship, it's just between two people and what you're comfortable with. So... Give it a shot. Honestly, That's you right. can't know what you want to do and deal with it unless you try it. And it's not that hard. Yeah. yeah. If you are wanting to keep it casual, though, I would say that from the outset of mm. um, the relationship that you're having with these uh, people. And you might actually find that you get knocked back by a few people, but that's okay because um, there's plenty more fish out there. And if you are just wanting to casually date, lots mm -hmm. of people will be up for that as well. Um, but I would, yeah, definitely make sure that you make that clear so that nobody's hearts get broken. I that's think right. My only advice, like here, is that just don't date 50 people at once. You, you know, look, it's I can't do work. it. You can't do <laughs> it's it. It's pretty hard. Be logical about this. Don't do 50 people. <laughs> <laughs> Just and and that's the thing that there is no unspoken rule about it. There, there shouldn't be a time limit on on how long no. it takes, you know. Yeah. And and with and, and with every date you go on, um, you know, you get a step closer to the person that you're seeing. Um, some might work, some might not. Um, don't restrict yourself, obviously. Um, but you know, obviously, if it's getting too much and one's getting more serious than the other, you don't want to start getting into deep to more than one, and uh, and suddenly, you know, create the stress of having to tell someone the harsh news. Mm. Yeah, that's very true. Um, so yeah, just reiterating, don't make sure you're um, you're very upfront with everybody. And yeah, using apps like Tinder, I think, is a really good way to do it as well mm. because everyone kind Tinder of is so casual. It everyone breaks the ice. Yeah, it, you know? yeah, breaks the ice straight out. Yeah, for sure. We are going to finish off a few questions from all of you listeners. Mm. Um, mm. The first one is, what's the general consensus on squirting and how do you, do you manage having sex without things getting too messy? Um, good question. I personally can't squirt, but just reading off an article right now, um, and quote, During the activity of sexual intercourse or stimulation, this female ejaculate can be mixed with vaginal fluids and lubrication as well as any semen or male pre-ejaculatory fluid that might be present in lovemaking. So, How very scientific. It is. <laughs> and come to think of it, um, you know, some people say it's just pee, but obviously, you know, urine comes out of the clit completely clitoris, different hole. Like a different, different hole. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Too scientific. <laughs> um, I I've heard lots of stuff about squirting, and you know, from that article, it sounds about right because it. 
I personally am not, <laughs> a, you know, a biologist or whatever, and I'm not a sex expert or anything, but squirting, some people can do it, some people can't. Don't, you know, don't be too upset if you can't, because... Mm. Well, if you want to try, just drink lots of water and see how it goes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, like... Um, Don't start winging everywhere, though. Yeah, That's right. I think people just put so much of an emphasis on squirting nowadays mm. because of porn. Like, and I, I think, And I think guys as well, um, particularly some... There's an expectation where they almost need to make the girl squirt in, yeah. in, in some ways. And it kind of it kind of brings a new added pressure because um, some, some guys don't know what to do and don't know how to actually do it, whereas other some girls know how to do it and they'll actually perform that during sex yeah. in order mm. to make it more pleasurable for themselves. And that comes back to the whole topic of um, what you see in porn is almost never what is in real life. It's always either exaggerated or um, staged in some way, you know, shape or form. For all we know, they might have cut the scene, That's put right. like a balloon inside and just went pop. That's right. And, and, and some of them are professionals and they've been doing it for exactly. years professionally. Yeah. This is what they this is their day job, guys. They get paid for it. <laughs> um, how do we manage to have sex without things getting too messy? Well this is mm. um, yeah, question. good good question good actually. Question. <laughs> kind of kind of separate to the squirting as well in a sense yeah. because sex can me- get messy in a whole manner of ways, yeah. whether it be lube or um, I don't know, getting stuff Personal everywhere. Juice. On your bed <laughs> sheets, juice, exactly. or even even the smell if you're trying to hide it up the smell can sometimes yeah. be quite potent so uh, yep. ways of clearing that up I've tried deodorant before I've, yep. I've tried uh, Blue de Chanel um, <laughs> get some good air freshener very good air freshener yeah. open up wipes. some windows guys um, just try whatever you can because the smell my can stay around my favourite is to actually put a towel on mm-hmm. and then you can just toss it in a, a wash you know. yep. that's it's just an way easy way to do it um in terms of smell, I, I, well, you can tell if someone has had sex in a room because the smell of bodily fluids, sweat. Yeah, it's quite sort of obvious. Sort of. It is. With that, honestly, just air out the room. Just open That's the door. Right. Be a human open being. Open up the window. That's and right. Air it out. Um, just a tip on uh, keeping things a little bit cleaner as well. Um, so there's different types of lubes, um, and I find the best one for not uh, getting things everywhere and cleaning sheets um, more efficiently as well is always a water-based yeah. lube as yep. well. Um, if you are just getting into this game for the first time. Um, our next question comes from Anonymous as well. Yeah, very popular um, Anonymous. Oh, he is. He's, or he or he she, or she. <laughs> is getting... Getting his money's worth tonight. <laughs> One of my boobs is a lot bigger than the other, and I feel so lopsided and disgusting. I really want to make them the same size without getting surgery. Do boys find lopsided boobs really unattractive? And I just absolutely open my heart to you, you darling girl. Um, you do not need surgery whatsoever. Um, so Almost, I think, I don't know the statistic off the top of my head, but I would say more often than not, women have one boob bigger than the other. Um, It's more common to have a boob that's just a little bit bigger than the other. Um, If it is a little bit more dramatic, you can always get um, bras where one side's padded and the other is not. She can fill it some, my best friend. Yeah, exactly. And um, you'd be surprised how many girls actually use this, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Do boys find lopsided boobs really unattractive? Well, in all honesty... Um, <laughs> boobs are boobs. Boobs are boobs. <laughs> um, you know, 
boobs are beautiful. Um, yep. And in all honesty, a lot of guys can't really pick the lopsidedness unless it's really that obvious. And yep. even if it is, it wouldn't be a huge unattraction. I seem to find that, you know, if you're really attracted to the girl, um, it doesn't really matter. And, yep. um, you know, it shouldn't really change the sexual experience. No, if you're um, with the right boy, and I would say 99% of guys just... Honestly, wouldn't they don't notice that no. one's a tiny bit bigger than the other at all? Um, men but, are men. When do you have sex? They always think they don't even. Just they're, they're just mesmerised by boobs. Yeah. To That's be right. honest, That's <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. And, and if anything, it's it's a it's a bit of a different grip. And if yeah. anything, it's probably change it up uh, a little bit from side yeah. to side. In fact, yeah. Go, go, um, lopsided boobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you do not need surgery. No. Don't worry too much about it. I'm sure it feels like a big deal at the moment if your um, boobs are still growing or if you've kind of, they've just popped out of nowhere, but um, you will get used to them and you'll notice it less and less each day. I promise. Mm. Um, so that is actually all we have time for tonight. It is 10 o'clock. Time for you all to head off to bed if you've got school tomorrow. Um, but we are going to leave on another song. If you have any questions for us, um, for next week's show, please send them in to thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. You do not need an account, so just jump straight on over there and write down all your thoughts, queries and questions. Um, And we will see you next week. And a big shout out to Anonymous. Just great questions tonight. Great questions. Just doesn't let us down. (laughs) I'd like to say thank you for Michael. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you for filling in. Thank you both for having me. Made me feel very welcome here in the studios for the Naughty Roo program. It's a great program, educating the community really well. And, um, yeah, it's been a pleasure to be on the show. Hopefully I can be back sometime. (laughs) That would be awesome. Sweet. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good Valentine's Day. (laughs) Yes, happy Valentine's Day. We will talk to you next week. You can listen to the Naughty Ridge Show live from 8 to 10 on Sin 90.7 FM. So, so, so scandalous.